We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Okay, welcome everyone. So, we are still on the same uh, project that we've been on, looking at the same topic. And so you could probably do this introduction yourselves now, having heard me do it so many times. So, these are some of the different sessions that we've had so far. Last week we did this one. And so we believe that God has called us with a battle cry. He's calling us to participate in a great project. We believe we've got some of the pieces. There's still other pieces to, to come to us. We're not quite clear on yet. So what were the three pieces of the puzzle that we have Three seconds. T- turn to the person next to you. What are the three pieces of the puzzles that we've had so far? <laughs> okay, right. Hopefully you got them all right. Households together with Christ at the centre. I'm putting the answers up. You can't still... Keep talking. Ministering the spirit and sharper witness. So this is what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. We believe it's is a call to action, and now's a time to respond. This isn't a time for withdrawing or debating or relaxing. We feel that. God has called us to engage with a great project, just like Nehemiah had a very specific job to do, which was to build the wall. We've got quite a specific job to do right now in terms of exploring what these things are to mean. We've kind of taught these subjects. There's not a lot more that we've got to say on them. But at the same time, we don't want to move off of them and start teaching something else. So we want to move through to action as quick as possible. So we've started this um, exploring what it means to be households together on uh, last Wednesday, and we will be doing it for the next three Wednesdays. That will lead to clear action coming out of this. We'd love to hear your stories of how these things are kind of touching down in your life. Have you been drawn to invest in relationships around households? Have you been moved by the Spirit to act? Have you discovered more opportunities to give a clearer gospel message, whether in deed or in word? Please let Avril know if you've got any of these stories, because it will encourage us too to, to hear this. Now, this, t- today we're going to do like we did last Sunday, because I've got some more voices for you to hear, people that have been processing these messages and trying to work out how they apply. 
And so the key question is for you to keep asking yourself, how might this apply to us? So uh, Rachel, if you come share first. There, she, there you are. Hello, yes. Um, so there's a few things I've been processing over the last couple of months. And as you'll see as I go through, it's more about a change that's happening in me rather than necessarily an outward, seeing things change outwardly. So at the start of the year, I was saying to God, what, what have you got for me this year? And I was thinking, oh, maybe some project or this or that. And just the thing that I sensed in my spirit God say was, it's not what you do, it's how much love you do it with. And that really challenged me because it's easier sometimes to do things, isn't it? Um, so from that, I found myself asking God, probably most days and more than once, a lot of days, to increase my love because I recognize that's not something I can do in myself. And in that process, I think I've begun to see that actually I... Without that, I can't fulfill what God has for me, that I will be limited, and I need God's greater love if I'm going to really pursue and fulfill what he's put on my heart and my life to do. I wouldn't say I've seen a great shift in that, but I'm looking and I'm more hungry now than I was when I first heard it, which I think for me is the, pro, the progress rather than seeing it change, you know, exactly. Um, and then from there, when we were with the leaders, I became aware again that I needed a greater joy and excitement and anticipation. And I was doing the stuff, and I wasn't in a bad attitude, and I was doing it with a good heart, but I realized I just got a bit into, here we go again, I do this, I do that. And I thought, that isn't what God's called me to. He's called me to live in joy and anticipation and excitement at what he has for me. And that's not what I'm living in. So again, I've started to ask, God, will you change that? I want to live in your joy and your anticipation. I want to live out of that full heart. And it's still work in process, but I'm looking to see something change in that too. And then at that same time at the, the Leaders Weekend, I kind of was reminded about that desire that I had when I first met with God, and that has been a kind of something that's walked with me through my years of knowing God and that desire to see people meet with him. But I could see that has got a bit submerged with lots of other things that have come in and somehow I've lost some of that hunger for that. So again, I'm kind of back to saying, God, would you give me that hunger again? And interestingly, um, when John spoke about ministering in the spirit, that was the thing I felt for me, that ministering in the spirit, I want to do that with the people who don't know Jesus. So the day after John's talk, I had an appointment, and I thought, hmm, this is a, this is a chance to 
really do what John was talking about. So um, there was a lady I was with, and I probably would have always been open to chatting, but I something had changed in that rather than just being open, I was pursuing something, and I was actively asking for something. So I was saying, God, what have you got for this lady? Is there something I could say to her? Is there something I could bring to her? Try to ask some openish questions to see if we could get anywhere. And really, she wasn't responding. And it got to the point where I thought, if I continue, this will feel like an interrogation. <laughs> and that's not really the point. So I kind of rested and just trying to say, God, is there anything? And I didn't really feel like I had anything. So I was walking home and thinking, God, did I miss that? Is that a failure? What's that about? And again, it's just that sense in your spirit of God saying, but you were willing, you were open, and you were actively pursuing, and that is different, and that's success. It doesn't matter about whether she responded or wanted that. Something had shifted in me. And my expectation is that some of the other people I meet will be open, but something shifting in me. And then later that week, I was walking to see a friend, and I could see a man. He looked, I couldn't work out what he was doing. He, looked, he was kind of on the ground, and I thought, is he a workman, is he? But as I got nearer, I could see he was an old man. He'd fallen and he was stuck. So I said, can I help you? And he said, yes, I can't get up. Will you help me get up? So I helped him up. Now, I was on my way to visit a friend. And I hate being late. And in my head, normally, I would be thinking, this is a bit of... I would have still done it, but it, I would have been thinking, I need to get to my friend's house. This is a bit of an interruption to what I'm supposed to be doing or what I planned to do. But this time I thought, actually, maybe God's put this man in my path. And maybe this isn't... Or it might look like an interruption, but maybe it's a God interruption, not just an interruption. So rather than focusing on the fact I was going to be late and kind of doing what he needed, but, you know, not really being present for him, I gave my friend a quick call, said, I'm held up. I found a man on the street, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'll be with you as soon as I can. And the man tried to call his son. He couldn't get hold of him. It became quite clear he was quite unsteady, and although he didn't have far to walk, I wasn't very happy about him walking on his own, and I wasn't even convinced that if I walked with him, it was he was going to manage. So I called Dennis. Dennis arrived like a hero in the car, <laughs> swept us up, <laughs> took us to the man's house. His sons were there, and they were very grateful, and that was we went on our merry way. But I thought, it, you know, I'd love to say, and we talked to him about Jesus, and, oh, and he met with, you know, that's the story I'd really like. But actually, the story for me in that was, I could see that this might be God at work, and I was open and willing for an interruption. And I think one of the things God was saying to me, and my declaration is, God, I'm, I'm open to your interruptions and I will give myself to them rather than see them as interruptions. 
to what I have planned. Um, and I want to be there for whatever it is that you give to me. Um, just a couple of others. Um, again, ministering in the spirit. My mouth is drying up here. <laughs> um, often I get a nudge to call someone or go and see someone. And I would generally be obedient to that. But I think when John was speaking on ministering the spirit, I realized that sometimes what starts as a nudge from God, I then just go and do it. And I'm not always listening, thinking, what is it specifically that I'm here for? Is there something to say or something to do or something to ask rather than just I've gone and I've ticked that box? Cause... And so when I get a nudge now, I'm trying to be more intentional in asking, what is it that God particularly wants to bring about through this time with us together? Thank you. <laughs> there. One more, sorry. <laughs> I feel like my mouth has pop. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Okay, the last thing um, is I've just been conscious about keeping my heart soft before God. And it's very easy, isn't it, that things come in and you just build up a kind of layer in your heart. And last week, I heard something about a friend of mine, and it really upset me. And my first reaction was, God, that doesn't seem very fair. And I could have composed a really good case for why that wasn't very fair. I think even God might have been impressed, not, <laughs> with my case of why it really wasn't fair. And there's a verse that I've been... I heard it... I've got complete in the middle... I heard it earlier um, in the year, and I found it really helpful. It's from Lamentations, and it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, because his compassions never fail. And it just reminds me that although I have the privilege of being God's friend, he is a holy God, and he is God and I'm not. And... There was something when I was about to compose my lecture, or not, or spout my lecture to God about why it really wasn't fair. I just had this check in my spirit of, so you're going to lecture the holy God who is love beyond what you can even comprehend about what is and isn't fair. And just my heart melted, and I thought, God... And I went back to a verse that I've used quite a lot. It's from Proverbs, but I tend to use the song version because I find it easier to remember. Um, I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. And amazingly, when I did that, and I'm thinking my friend's life, despite my view on it, is in the hands of the maker of heaven, suddenly, unsurprisingly, I felt peace. And... Think, God, let me, let me keep my heart soft towards you. So we're actually going to, uh, Richard's going to come up and we're going to use a song as our response to what, uh, what Rachel just brought. But there was quite a lot in that. So let me just give you a quick summary um, of the things that stood out for me. 
So Rachel talked about, it wasn't about what she did, but as how much love she did it with. Do you remember last week the amount of people that said, I want more compassion. I think that's something that, that God is calling for us to live by as we pursue this. Talked about a greater sense of joy and excitement, and she became quite intentional about asking for that. That's something that, that uh, Randy from America brought to us as leaders, the idea of the, the unlocking of our emotions. And Christ shouldn't just be a decision, he should be a delight for us, and that's something that he's offering us too. Then when talking about being, uh, ministering the Spirit, intentionally asking, is this an opportunity and not disregarding something as a failure because you didn't see the result that you expected to see. You remember Jeremy last week pointed that out from Tanya's story. Even when there's an interruption, well, could you be doing something in this? And the joy and the reassurance was not, did we, did we manage to get the, the, the five messages of the gospel in? It was, did we do what God gave us to do? And then again, ministering the spirit Rachel talks about moving with the nudges, but then can just drift into, okay, so I've got to go see that person, so I make that appointment to see them. But then I don't think to ask the spirit, what more would you want me to say? How, how else can I work with you in this? And then that last point, when you get to a position when you're about to lecture God and being brought back round to the sovereignty and the love of God, and taking that position of saying, look, I'm, I'm yielding to you. I'm su submitting to you. You are the maker of the heavens. And I don't understand, but you do. And so we're going to take the song, Nothing I Hold On To, as our opportunity to respond to that, if that's something that's real for you as well. stand My life. 
give, I give it all to you, God. Trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me. I give it all to you, God. Trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me. I will climb and I will climb. With my hands wide open, I will climb this mountain. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb and I will climb this. Nothing I hold on to. 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 Okay, James, come share your part of the story. Ah. <laughs> Sitting over there playing your little keyboard when they need you over here. What are you doing? Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, so I think when Jamie asked us to share, we kind of, Heather and I had a bit of a chat about it, and I think the one thing that we were realising out of all of these talks that we've had so far is that this decision that we're most definitely meant to be part of this community. And if that's true, that we're really feeling that God has called us here, then we don't want to be sleepwalking through things. Um, I think I got a real sense uh, that God was saying that just, just be careful, don't sleepwalk through being part of this community. Um, actually take an active, deliberate decision to to be here and if that is the case what does that look like so I think that was that was quite encouraging for us that we just got that word from God about not sleepwalking through things and basically what that resulted in was us trying to figure out what deliberately finding out what this means for us so it's a bit tricky on a Sunday because it's either one of us can be in the meeting hearing the, the talks because of childcare and things like that. So what we've tried to make a point of doing is listening to the talks throughout the week and actually just really grappling with the response questions, um, just the stuff that it's saying, and not necessarily it just being this object lesson of just, oh, that's a nice talk, but actually just really discussing it together about what does this mean for us. And I think that for us particularly, that's really important because that's the way that we learn. We don't learn just by listening. I have to take an active 
uh, do an active thing. So like writing writing stuff down, brainstorming stuff, mind mapping stuff is just really helpful. So that's what we did together. It sounds really fun, doesn't it? Mind mapping and brainstorming together. Um, it's a great day night. But um, so what? Well, secondly, it's just that thing of what we've particularly been challenged about and really thinking about is bringing households together. Um, I think that normally, naturally, what we would do is look at our peers and our friendship circles and say, they're the people that God's joining us to. They're the people, it makes sense. They're the same life stage as us. They're the same age as us, whatever. But I think what we've been encouraged through chats with different people is um, kind of like having that challenge of there would be connections that we would naturally want to make with people, but what is God leading us to? And that has to be the question. It's not necessarily what naturally fits, but it's what he's leading us to. And sometimes I think we could write certain people off in saying, maybe we could connect with them, but oh no, they're sorted. Or oh no, they're not the same life stage as us. And actually being really challenged that that doesn't matter. And Jesus has brought us together. The one common thing that brings us all together is Jesus. And so therefore... I don't want to limit ourselves to the kind of connections that we could be making as a household and the other households that we could be connecting to. So I think there's just going to be a great joy in discovering what that means and discovering those different perspectives, those different life stages, all of those things, how they can mix together and help us, first of all, be an encouragement to each other within the body, but also what that means for sharing the gospel and how that looks like for showing people what Christ is like that don't know him. Thank you, James. I actually enjoy your mind mapping. I, I would come anytime. We would do mind mapping together. Um, there's some of the things that stood out for me from what James was saying. Again, there's a, having made the decision, this is where God has placed them. So it's almost like we've nailed our colours to the mast. That there then is, it's not just a one-time choice. It's a daily, regular choice of what does it mean to be part of this community? How do we really press in and grab hold of it? And you, you hear that kind of deliberate decision in what um, Rachel was saying earlier, the asking of God, what, what do you have of us? Who, who do you want us to connect with? And that's, what it, that's our part of being moved and ministering the Spirit is we keep asking and we keep responding to that. Um, Ella, you come join us. So, Ella, what, what have you heard over the last few weeks? Do you need my notes, or have you got um, any? I've got them. I do have them. Um, so, I was really challenged by uh, Jamie's talk on sharp witness, because there's a lot of people in my life that I would love to share the gospel with, and I'm always open to God's opportunity to share, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to say the right thing. So, yeah. And so, that pressure, it, I mean, what... Just describe what that pressure does to you. How do you behave when you put yourself under pressure? I've not asked you this question before. So. Um, I think I like trip over my words or I suddenly don't remember anything. Um, and like, like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, and I always like come away from the experience thinking I've said the wrong thing or like that didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And I usually feel quite disappointed with the outcome. Nick's kind of, he's agreeing. <laughs> okay, so how do you deal with that pressure? What's your 
um, resolve on the pressure? Um, I think for me, I just have peace with that. God is pleased with my willingness to share him and be always being open to the opportunity. And um, I always have to remind myself that I have to be content with my part in someone else's journey. Um, before I became a Christian, I had a manager who would invite me to her church every week and I'd always say no. And uh, when I did eventually decide to go to church, um, one of my friends invited me. And the reason why I went is because it was the same church that my manager had always been inviting me to. So I knew that it was like a good place to go. And, you know, I always rejected her, but it didn't stop her from, you know, wanting to share. And eventually, like, it did have a big impact on me. So, So yeah. she, she had been a a part in your journey, yeah. even though she didn't have the direct yeah. positive response from you. Yeah, exactly. But, but by the time you respond, I mean, if I was her, I'd be there, oh, you come when that person invites yeah. you, not when I invite you. <laughs> You've had a couple of occasions that you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, there's been two occasions where I've had the opportunity to talk to my mum about um, Jesus, and she's never open to those conversations. So when those opportunities arise, I like, I always like jump on them. And the first time it went really well. Like she was really open to hearing about it, asking me loads of questions. Um, and she had so many questions on forgiveness, and I really felt like I was able to share what um, Jesus did for us and how that helps me forgive. And then the second time, um, I felt like it went really badly. Um, I wasn't able to share what I really wanted to share with her, and I just came away feeling, like, super disappointed and feeling like I'd, that was it, like, I'm never going to have that opportunity ever again. But um, afterwards, I think... Nick spoke to you, and you just reminded me that I should need to just be really thankful that I have the opportunity to partner with God, and that God is still going to do things for my mum. I just have to watch him and allow him to uh, have that impact on her. There's nothing that like, I can personally do, but God is going to work his way into it, and I have to just watch and see that happen. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Ella. So you, you hear that, that same theme again of, I get to be part of God's process. I don't have to have the, the, the killer argument. I don't have to have said the exact right words in the exact ways. But I lean not on my own understanding because God can make something beautiful out of the mess that I can make in trying to share who he is. And it's about reliance on him, not, in, not on ourselves. Amanda. Um, uh, so for me, the... Um, bit that stood out for me is that line that we've already talked about today um, from Nehemiah's story. Uh, I'm carrying on a great work and I can't come down. Um, so it's the story from Nehemiah 6 and Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. 
And along the way, he gets a heck of a lot of opposition and attack and uh, taunting, but he keeps on at it. So the thing, the little bit of the story that I've been thinking about is, um, so his sort of arch enemy, mainly in the uh, attacking, was this guy called Samballat. And it says that the word came to Samballat that the wall was built uh, and there was not a gap left in it. But then Nehemiah says straight away, at this time the wall was built, but I had not set doors in the gates. And so I've been thinking about those vulnerable places, those uh, access points. Um, so then the invitation comes to be distracted and engage in a conversation with the enemy, this guy, Sam Ballot, and he says, come on down from the wall, uh, meet me in the valley in one of the villages. And Nehemiah re replies straight away saying, they were scheming to harm me, so he knew the spirit behind that invitation. Um, so he sent messengers straight away saying, and here's the line, um, I'm carrying on a great work and I can't come down. Why should I stop work, leave it and go down to you? And then it says, this caught my eye, um, he asked him four times to come down to the valley. So he was quite persistent in that kind of invitation there. So I've started to think about... Uh, two things really, that there's a vital position in holding and covering those vulnerable places, um, an important place that I have here uh, that I mustn't compromise. And the other thing that I started to think about was what does coming down mean and do I ever come down, as it were, and, you know, take my mind off the thing that I should be thinking about and give my attention elsewhere. And um, what are those empty doorways that, you know, the gateways that haven't yet got doors in? Um, so as I was thinking about that, I started to think instead about what being up would be if I didn't go down. What would I be doing if I was up? And I thought of the verse in um, Colossians where it says, since you've been raised been raised with Christ, set your heart on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So it occurred to me that there's a position I can take as life's stresses and oppositions come, because they will, just like they did for Nehemiah, by setting my heart on the things above, um, not in a kind of head in the clouds, pie in the sky kind of unreality kind of way but because that is the truth God's word is the truth to me um, who he says he is what I'm called to what he said to me before and if I do come down uh, my attention will be lowered from the most important thing that God has for me that call on my life or that thing to do right now um, it's like I'm lowering my gaze from what God has down to something lower. And then guess what? I start to think naturally 
and I start to process things from a worldly viewpoint instead. Um, and suddenly, I'm opening myself up to attack or listening to the voice of the enemy. Uh, and I'm just aware of that persistent invitation coming. So that kind of caused me to kind of um, think about that in my life, really. So there's a few ways that I am vulnerable, and I think it wouldn't be the first time that I've said them here. Uh, I'm prone to overthinking. Uh, I'm always or often think of the worst-case scenario. Dave says I would have made a lot of money in the city as a risk assessor. <laughs> but I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so I'll often engage in a conversation in my head with myself. Uh, and before long, I'm kind of lending the enemy a hand, you know, with what he's accusing me of. So that's one thing. I can quite easily be distracted um, and give, a thought, you know, time to a thought process that doesn't marry up with what God said for me uh, or what the truth is. And suddenly I'm no longer thinking about the things that are my heart set on things above. Or I'm just plain listening to the wrong voice, like, you're on your own. You know, how are you going to make a difference? Well, that dream's never going to happen now. Now look what, it's all going wrong. So I thought I'd give you a little example um, from real life in the Simmons household uh, that shows you what my thought process was. So um, just, in, uh, just before Christmas, we turned on the boiler and it didn't work. And there was a few other things that led us to think we needed a new one. Um, so we looked at getting this whole system put in to our house uh, and the guy said to us, oh, if you'd had it done a couple of years ago, it would have been a lot less money, blah, 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 blah. So we were dealing with all of that and then we had uh, four leaks in our roof. This is our house roof. We weren't in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> And it was dripping through in our bedroom, and then one of the other walls got mouldy, and uh, this is happening as well. So we started the investigation into what needed to happen, and turns out we needed a new roof <laughs> as well. Um, and these are not nice things to spend money on. You know, you can spend money on stuff, and you think, oh, that's lovely. I'm really glad we had that. You can show it to people, but these weren't really nice things. <laughs> um, and so I was like, oh, for goodness sake, you know. Um, we haven't got, we've only got a certain amount of reserves of money and what happens if something else goes wrong and then the second guy, came, you know, some guys came to look at the roof and they said, well, if you'd had it done three years ago, you know, the cost of materials, it would have been X thousand less and I was just like, oh, why didn't we think of it then? Why didn't we get ahead? What were we doing? What were we doing? Um, what if something else goes wrong? Oh, my goodness, we weren't planning... And then I noticed that there was a da and still is um, a damp patch creeping up on our outside wall behind the fireplace, and it was like that. Oh no, not another thing. And I realised that I, looking back on it, I had accepted that invitation to step down. Um, I'd stopped setting my heart on things above, and suddenly the whole house is falling apart. Um, <laughs> But as I set my heart on things above, I remember that God has never failed to provide for us in 37 years that we've been married. 
uh, and how he gave us a £12,000 gift, different gifts that amounted to £12,000 when we weren't in a position to afford our new house, uh, our first house. We had two babies. We didn't have enough income. I wasn't working. We should never have got a mortgage, but we, we were miraculously given one. Um, and I remembered that that house was the one that God gave us, and the house that we're in now is the one that God gave us. So earlier in the uh, Nehemiah story, the taunters refer to his wall, his great work, as a heap of rubble. And it's almost like I started to see my house as a heap of rubble, really. Um, but Nehemiah very clearly calls it several times a great work. And it's like the complete opposite. So when, when the enemy speaks something, you flip it on its head, the, the opposite is true of what God is saying. So for me, the two things were really holding my ground, holding my position, um, being quick to recognize the enemy's strategy to distract and undermine me, leave me vulnerable, coax me to lend an ear to what he's saying. Um, but instead it's about keeping, keeping on going and choosing to set my heart on things above because I realise that that is where my protection is. Great, thank you, Amanda. Okay, so you've heard four different voices talking about their processing. Take a few minutes with the person next to you or a couple of people. What have you heard today? What has stood out to you? And then what I want to hear from you is how are you wanting to respond to God? Okay, so take a few minutes for that. Okay, let me, uh, let me get a bit of feedback from you. Okay, what? Yeah, just had an opportunity to talk to the person next to you. What, what stood out to you? I want to now know, how do you feel that you want to respond? What is God calling from you, you think? You give, me, give me a few ideas. Always got to get it, leave 10 seconds before a response. Boldness. Okay. My, my son at the moment is singing, God make me bald. But boldness is what I think he's after. Yep, boldness. Well, I heard something else. Another voice over here. Oh. Okay, o open to God's. Um, and then bald. Um, Sally? Uh, not sleepwalking. Yeah. Okay. Aware of distractions. Uh, there was a voice over here. Not just looking 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that rubble thing, that stood out to me, what um, Rachel was saying. If she could make her list of why this isn't fair. That's almost like, here's all the rubble. But God can turn that rubble back into the very thing that he was calling uh, for that uh, Nehemiah to do. Anything else? Okay, yes, realizing it's a great work. I, I want that. I mean, I, I think back what, Sally, uh, what Rachel was saying in terms of that joy, that excitement, that this isn't, all right, it's just the next thing that we've got to get on with. But if it's what God's called us to do, in the same way, if it's for God, God's prompted me to pick up an old man on the street, like Rachel tends to do. <laughs> um, I want, I want to see that that's part of God's purpose for me. There's a joy in that. We're going to um, use this song that Richard's got. I also want to uh, give us the opportunity to respond to what Jacob brought earlier about that forgiveness, the power of God's forgiveness. Maybe that's something that you want God to show you, to, to reveal to you. So just recapping some of the things, forgiveness... I want to trust that God can make something good out of this. That, not, that I'm not making my own assessment and writing something off. I want a new boldness. I want to be open to God. I want to be aware of those distractions and my ten- tendency to be distracted. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.